Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,315. Ride fast, safety last. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Woods Cross, Utah, Mark Atkinson. Hey, Mark, are you buckled up? Or in your case, I should say, is your helmet on? Are your boots buckled? And are you ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Cool. Mark Atkinson is the founder of Speed of Cheese Racing. Yes, right. You heard it right. Speed of Cheese Racing, where he builds some very unique, unusual, and bespoke motorcycles. Ever since Mark could ride on two wheels, his passion for bikes has been burning rubber. From his Schwinn bicycle to his taco mini bike, I had one of those too, those are cool, and then a Yamaha YZ80, he has a lifelong infatuation with motorcycles. Mark raced an old Yamaha RD400, a bike he bought from Ed Erlenbach, who set world records on that bike. He has built street motorcycles most of his life, self-taught in fabrication, welding, and painting, and most of his professional career has been machining hardcore race car products. Just a few of his products include electric motorcycles, race bikes, show bikes, cafe racers, land speed bikes, and much, much more. This is going to be fun. So Mark, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and your passion for automobiles and motorcycles? Well, you know, after years and years of of building things, you know, that I nobody cared about, you know, airplane parts and pump parts and things that, you know, I, I've, I've kind of reached a, a point in my life where all I do is stuff that interests me. So the business side, which is a machine shop, is I do fun stuff. I only do work that's fun and I build only for the, for fun or to go fast. So it's, uh, it's kind of a culmination of, of a lifetime of doing the mediocre to be able to be in the position that I'm in. So, you know, and I just, I, I do mostly motorcycle stuff, but I do love cars. Cars are, you know, something that I grew up with antique cars and street rods and that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, my shop is in, in Salt Lake. So I'm close to the Bonneville salt flats. So that's been a part of my life since I was an infant. And I think that's kind of sum sum up that. Sounds like you found the sweet spot in life for sure. I mean, the magical spot in life. And, and I commend you for that. That's what Cars Yeah is all about. People that have found a way to wrap their passion for cars, motorcycles, trucks into their careers and lives. And you have done exactly that. Now, tell our listeners, no, I found out about Mark. I found him online somewhere and I saw one of his builds and I went, oh, my gosh, I got to talk to this guy. This guy has got some creativeness in his hands and brains that I need to share with my listeners. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So, Mark, grab the handlebars and twist the wrist. My motto, and it has come later on in life, is ride fast, safety last. Now, this is the complete opposite of what mom taught me. <laughs> exactly. And it's supposed to get that reaction, that laugh, because it's a little flippant and yeah. a little, you know, in people's face. But it really kind of carries over into 
a whole life philosophy of if you are too safe and you're not invested in what you're doing, you'll never be successful. You yeah. have to put some skin in the game. And that's essentially what it means. It doesn't mean be foolish. That's not what I'm talking about. But it does mean enjoying it and getting involved and, and taking some skin off occasionally and, and breaking a bone. Yeah. Well, you know, I love this whole concept because so many people have great ideas, but fear stops them. And it could be fear of personal injury in the case of getting on something and going really fast. Or it could just be fear of the unknown. My dad taught me that fear is an acronym for false evidence assumed real. Uh, You kind of imagine in your mind that I can't do this. There's no way I can pull this off. But I love your, your take on this. You're a very spirited guy. What would you say to somebody who says, yeah, but what would you say to them when they have that fear set in and they're not willing to take that little bit of risk? How do they get over that threshold? I would say by small steps. You know, confront those little things that, that you're afraid of and, and meet those as just little teeny goals. And you'll find that it opens up more and more doors and you find out that those things that you were afraid of are really not, not a, a scary thing. You know, it's like business. You know, the, my first machine shop, it was an overwhelming uh, amount of fear of the, all those unknown things and all those things that I had never learned. Now it's kind of, you know, I didn't even think about those, those, those pressures, money pressures and the, you know, do I have enough work and all that stuff is no longer as, as serious as it once was. But it was the experience that taught me that that's not the end of the world. And until you look into the abyss, you know, the proverbial abyss, you have no idea what is in there. So, yeah, it's little teeny steps. Yeah, I like that. Like, yeah, it's kind of like how do you eat an elephant one bite right. at a time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, I like that. I think that's great inspiration for listeners today who might be doing something that's keeping them from doing whatever their passion might be. My son just recently started bouldering, which is climbing on rocks that, you know, you don't go so high that if you fall, you kill yourself. Of course, unless you fall on your head. But as a parent, that's what I'm always concerned about. But, uh, you know, he's starting, uh, I think, a path to some serious climbing after watching some great movies and, and films about people that climb. One young man who climbed the face of, uh, I think it was El Capitan without Yeah, ropes. Alex, Alex Honnold. Yes. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I, I love that guy. I'm serious. Oh, I yeah. love his approach to life. There's an extreme person taking extreme chances, but in his words, calculated risks, right? I mean, it's hard for me to... <laughs> Yeah, he is is the pinnacle of my idea of that whole philosophy because cool. he started as a young guy and did little challenges and yeah. he did he did the little climbs in the in the REI studio and and whatever and yeah. he built into this thing but he didn't attack El Capitan you know, like, oh, yeah, I think I'll climb this today. You know, no. it spent years and years. Every single movement was calculated and thought out. Yeah. And it was just like a choreographed dance all the way up there. And but that was each little teeny step that accumulated into that whole beautiful, incredible, mind blowing achievement. Yeah, the movie about Alex is titled Free Solo. And for anybody out there, even if you're not into mountain climbing, you should watch this film because it can, you can take any kind of fear you have and apply it to how he attacked that, that face of that granite rock. 
And as as you said, Mark, he didn't just go out one day and go, think I'm going to do this. I mean, this was years of choreographed planning on how to do this. But uh, I think it's a great movie to tie to what we're talking about here today and fear and overcoming those fears and doing things. And uh, for my son, Blake, out there, take your time before you start doing that kind of crazy stuff, son, okay? <laughs> take your time. Take your time. Plan it all out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my heart was racing watching that film. I Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. My wife and I were just like, ah, don't fall. Please don't fall. Yeah, oh. my son and I went to see that, and I had been waiting for that to finally hit the theaters, and so yeah. we fantastic. really looking forward to fantastic it. Fantastic film. Would you share a story that instigated your passion for cars, motorcycles? Can you kind of go back in your life and tell us about a pivotal moment when you knew that you were indeed a bike guy and a car guy? Um, you know, I, I grew up in a car family, so it's just, it was really just part of the way it was. I think the thing for two wheels for me is the freedom and the part about being in a car is you're kind of watching a movie and I don't mean to offend you car guys out there and being on (laughs) a bike (laughs) is that you are a part of the movie. You're, you know, your, your face is in the, in the wind and, and there's the risk involved in everything. And it just, as confusing as the rest of life is, you know, social things that I, I don't seem to ever understand the rules to. <laughs> uh, two wheels, and I love bicycles too. Yeah. Two wheels absolutely made perfect sense to me. From the time I was just a little teeny boy, it's like, yep, that's that absolutely is clear as, as anything. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, so there wasn't anything, any sort of pivotal point that I was just, I fell in love with. with it was just, Right from the womb, I think I I yeah. got it. Yeah, you know, I know as you're describing this, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had a friend up the street that got a little mini bike, you know, the little like Sears mini bike, kind of like the little taco you had. And I remember his dad was out there and letting all of us kids ride it. And I was little, and he put me on that thing. And one thing he didn't explain was how to stop. <laughs> and so maybe he was about to, but I pulled the throttle and just went straight down the street. And I just remember I. This is one of the few things I remember from being a little kid. And I'm talking about maybe seven years old, something like that. And I just thought, this is so much fun. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm getting yeah. to the end of the street, and I'm thinking, how do I stop? And I went right <laughs> through this street. I mean, I could have been killed right into Bev, this lady named Bev's garage door. Just uh-huh. pull. I know how I, how I survived, I don't know. But later, my parents bought me a Trail 70. We used to go camping in Mexico. That feeling of riding on the beach with the wind in your face and the smells and everything, and even transpiring to later in my life when I was riding street bikes, and I would ride past a place that I drove by all the time, and I went, I can smell strawberries, because it was a strawberry field. And in my car, all the windows up and the filters, and that, you don't, yeah, so I get what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and the and the other great thing is, and I just I rode to the Quail Motorcycle Gathering in Monterey what oh, two weeks ago. Great event. And I was you know after a long winter of just working away and and being cooped up in the shop, it's so important to me to be helmet time where I'm totally focused on the riding 
or whatever esoteric, goofy thought that I have going through my head because there's, there's no music, there's no distractions, I'm just thinking. And I thought, man, th- this kind of therapy is, is not just important to me. It's absolutely essential for me to get my head straight and focused on what I'm doing because there's uh, oftentimes I'm in the shop, I've got three or four machines running that I'm trying to keep parts on and answering the phone and I'm going 100 miles an hour and I don't get it a chance to really focus on where my vision is, where my future, where I want to be with my whole entire life or with a certain project. And that gives me the time to really kind of meditate and focus. And it's it's super important for me anyway. Yeah, it's it's great. Yes, it's kind of like racing. Uh, You have to be very focused. So everything else in your life, all that clutter has to disappear. And it does disappear. And you can narrow it down to singular moments and singular things. Let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way in your career. More importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Well, you know, I've, and I've failed a couple of businesses and, you know, I've had a marriage come apart. And I mean, I, I've, I've faced the, the challenges and looking back on them, they, they were all a a part of growing. And I've learned to look at the challenges as the fun part, the interesting part. Um, So leaving the past aside, which I learned from every bit of those, although at the time they seemed like they were the end of the world. And of course, I, I seemed to manage through them. But I've learned to embrace that, the hard part. In fact, that's Kind of my challenges with you know building motorcycles and, and custom motorcycles and the the race bike is I love engineering myself into a corner where I think how <laughs> how am I going to make this work now and yeah. that's my favorite part of of the whole thing and it oftentimes I walk away from a project for a week and let those ideas kind of simmer in the back of my head until I come up with a solution. Um, Sometimes it's a failure of a solution. It takes me two or three times to finally work out the details to finally get that. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think it's the, you got embracing that failure as not the end of the road, but as the opportunity to learn as what I've taken from my failures in life. So Well, it's an awfully nice way to look at those things. Of course, like you said at the time, they seem overwhelming, but having gone through one or two, and for listeners out there that might be facing something now that think this is the end of the world, uh, listen to, to Mark's comments here because it's not. You will persevere. You will get through this time. It may be a pain in the butt and it may take a while. But you will. But I love the concept of uh, designing yourself into a corner. Uh, That's a very different approach in many ways, but I like it. I think it's really, really cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. Maybe this was a bike. Maybe it was a car. Something that was really special for you and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. I don't really have. I mean, they all have brought their own piece to to the puzzle. I mean, I look back on how terrible my builds were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And they're, they're really, it was, even though they would embar- be embarrassing to see now because they were so poorly done. I learned from all of those pieces. So I don't really have one vehicle that really represented anything. I think that the BMW Alpha bike was a real turning point and probably will be, you know, that was 
became way more popular and way more famous than I ever figured it would be. So it kind of opened up a bunch of new doors that I never planned on. And so it's been kind of an interesting ride there. But uh, I don't really, they're they're all cool to me. They're all at their place. You know, I'm glad you brought brought up your BMW Alpha real quickly, if you could. And I'll tell our listeners, you have to go to his website. I'll put a link on Mark Shono's page so you can go see what we're talking about here, because this is hard to explain because it is so different. It is so cool. It's what caught my eye when I discovered you, Mark. So tell our listeners a little bit about the concept behind the BMW Alpha project. Well, it was designed by a young man named Doric Erdem, who lives in Istanbul, and he loves land speed racing. He's got a a friend, a mutual friend named Alpsun Gerdekin, who races uh, Triumphs, also Turkish from a lot of places. But anyway, (laughs) um, so we had this kind of connection and he, so he designs and he's designed a bunch of them. If you look, you plug in Mehmet Doric Erdem into your Google search or whatever search engine you, you'll, he'll, you'll see he's done a Mercedes concept and an uh, Alfa Romeo and a bunch of these incredible, just computer generated builds. So the BMW Alpha was one of those. And my dad posted that on my Facebook page and I just immediately fell in love with it. It mm. was just, it was spectacular. It was beautiful. It was classic lines, but yet had a modern flair to them. Now he's not a mechanical guy. So if you ever look at his original concept drawings, none of it made any sense. You know, he's got suspension, <laughs> you know, springs going into the back of the seat. Yeah. So. I saw that and I pondered it for, I don't know, three or four months. And I had, I was going into winter and I think this was 2015 where we had been rained out on the salt. So I had, oh, I remember the race. That. Yeah. The race bike was ready to go. So I didn't have anything to do all winter. And I thought, what am I going to do? I need a project to keep me focused for the winter. So I thought, I'm going to build this. So I contacted. Doric on Facebook and Instagram, and I send a message after message saying, you know, I'm I'm building this, I'm doing this. So <laughs> yeah, I I started with, and he never responded. But I figure I'm going to build it anyway. And then we got to the body. I got to the point where I was making a plug. I was going to make a mold, and so I started on the plug for this. I was like, ah. I feel weird about building somebody else's design. I'm going to finish. The chassis was all done. I'm going to finish it anyway, but I'm going to do my own body shape. I'm just not an artist guy. I just, I can't you know, pull that stuff. I can build it. I can make anything work, but, you know, the, the coming up with the lines in the first place. So I finally, I, I translated a post into Turkish and posted it on Instagram saying, look, the chassis is done. It's time for you to get on board. He finally yeah. went, oh my God, you are insane. I can't believe you built all this. And then yeah, yeah. We, we finished the project kind of together, which was really an interesting thing and, and kind of a, a fun place where, you know, social media gets kind of a bad rap for some things. But this is the, the cool thing about social media is. Oh yeah, it brings people together. Yeah. And we, I would sand on the plug and send him pictures immediately we would you know talk about let's change this radius a little bit and let's move this and let's let's do this so you know from i don't know what 4000 miles away 6000 miles away whatever you know however far instable is in it's, yeah other side of the planet yeah a long <laughs> way away 
um, we were able to kind of finish building this together and, and, wow. and it was just a really a cool deal. And then, you know, to finish it and going back to me, looking at this growing up on the salt flats and seeing unusual streamlined vehicles, this was completely normal to me. It didn't look out of place at all in my yeah. mind because yeah. I had that frame of reference. But, but when I finished it, I think people that don't have that frame of reference were really shocked by the unusual aspect of it. And so it was really panned at first. And I think it took a little while for people to kind of come around and go, okay, now I understand why you would build something like this. And and then it, it became really well liked. Yeah, to me, it's a, almost, a, and you may not agree, but it's a futuristic manifestation of New Zealander Burt Monroe's no, uh, yes. Indian, you know, yeah. I mean, very much that kind of look and feel. So uh, I'll make sure again, I put a, a link to Mark's show notes page so you, you listeners can go check this out. You got to check this bike out. It's really, really cool. Well, let's talk about what is you excited and fired up these days about speed of cheese racing. And I got to ask first, what is going on with that name? <laughs> well, the land speed bike, which is a Yamaha RD 400, for any of you guys that grew up in that 70s era. Oh, yeah. Know exactly Remember those, what yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. The yellow and black tanks. And, right, yeah. right. The whole Kenny Roberts. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So I have, I race it naked or with bodywork, which puts me in a, a partial streamline class. And for you uh, motorcycle, non-motorcycle folks, Mark isn't riding naked, the bike's naked. Just, <laughs> right, just, right. just to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, no Raleigh-free bathing suit <laughs> racing. If any of you have seen that Vincent uh, picture, the very famous Vincent <laughs> yeah. picture. Yeah. But uh, no, no. So just as a, a standard motorcycle without bodywork on it and then with bodywork. And I, after I painted it, I have a, a buddy, um, Tona, the Tonus, who does the Hand Over the Hero series, if you're into the Comic-Con thing, which I'm not real familiar with. But anyway, I plugged to him anyway. I asked him to do something with it. And so he came up with paint splotches going down the side so it has, you know, spots. Well, the guys that I worked with at the time found a picture of me on the internet sitting on the bike on the salt flats and it got photocopied into a black and white picture then the spots make it look like a holstein cow, cow so yeah <laughs> they photoshopped me on a cow and they made copies and plastered them all over the shop oh, they funny. put them under you know everybody's windshield wipers they put them on all you know all the machines yeah. they thought i would be offended or somehow hurt <laughs> by this i thought it was hysterical and somebody wrote something about the speed of cheese or the speed of something and yeah. i just sort of adopted the name okay very cool. I like yeah, it. So well, that's where it comes from. And then, and then when I went into business again here a few years back, I thought, what am I going to name the shop? And there's something about the whole bike building image that has to be evil or bad or tough. And yeah. it's always kind of struck me as kind of pathetic posturing you know if you have your name as you know the satan's whatever's yeah. and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know the the bad you know whatever you know it's always silly to me it's like why yeah. do you have to so i went kind of completely polar opposite and 
called it my company a ridiculous, silly name. And and the great thing is, is everybody kind of remembers it. So it's yeah, absolutely. I, I can walk into the you know material supplier and everybody is hey, it's the cheese guy, the you cheese know, head. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that comes from way back the Hell's Angels and you right. know, some of these motorcycle groups that are kind of bad folks or badass or whatever it might be, but. So let me ask you this. Are you working on something right now that has you really excited and fired up in your shop? No, I just, I finished that electric bike, the Racer X, which is in the Peterson Automotive Museum. And there's, they're, they're doing, the BMW was in a show called the Custom Revolution, which is kind of the alternative bike building place where most of the bike builders are, are going the the chopper thing of course is has died off well i mean there's still some guys doing choppers but where everybody's kind of paying attention is the alternative bike building um so the the bmw finished there and uh, paul d orleans the hist- motorcycle historian and writer who does all of that hit me up about the time that the uh the other show was kind of wrapping up and he said do you know anybody doing a cool electric motorcycle and i said well i've been playing around with this and i showed him just the computer rendering mm-hmm. i hadn't started on it yet and so he said oh that is so awesome that's got to be done so <laughs> i rushed that through the past the first of this month I, so it took me three months it really should have taken me a year but i rushed it into three months and so it's now in what's called the electric revolution show Mm. and display at the peterson nice and and it kind of burned me out for building for the year so i understand when you rush something well i'm really excited mark because i leave next week to go down to the peterson museum to shoot an episode a shoot an episode of my new cars yeah tv show perfect so i will uh smile when i walk up to your bike and uh uh, we'll see what we can do about giving you a shout out there on cars tv very nice well mark up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah! Did you know you can now see me 
on the Cars Yeah TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. We are back now, Mark, and I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car or a motorcycle, you were actually manifested into a machine. Not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself. What would Mark be and why? Oh, good question. Here's what I think. You know, Harry Miller's front-wheel drive Indy cars from the 20s and the 30s? Uh Here's what I think. I think I would be a really run-down garage find. Dirty, (laughs) still running, still very innovative and fast for its time. But, you know, a little rough around the edges. So Okay. That's a very unique answer. I like that, though. That makes sense for a guy that's creative and spirited like you. Still out there, can still do it. Yeah. Uh, Just drag me out of the barn and give me some open road. That's right. Nice. Well, Mark, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners a quick twist of the wrist, a throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive or motorcycle advice you've ever received? Oh, yeah. I don't, so much of that. I can't, (laughs) I, I can't, I couldn't tell you one single thing. Well, I'm going to push you a little bit on this and we can edit this part here. So, uh, you know, so I've gotten things as simple as change your oil often or buy something that you're passionate about. Don't buy it because you think it's valuable. If you haven't tried a mark or or a bike or a car, give it a shot. You might fall in love with it. So does that give you a little taste for something that you might advise somebody? Like if, if I came to you and I said, hey, what kind of advice can you give me about motorcycles? I'm sure you've got something in your brain. I would say just to have fun and enjoy it. Motorcycles are supposed to be fun. You know, we don't live in Singapore where we have to ride motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. You should have fun with it. I think that there are too many people that take motorcycles way too serious, like the AGAT guys that you can't ride anywhere without full gear on. You know, I don't really think I don't buy into that. <laughs> Although I think that full gear is is good and I wear full gear most of the time. I'll ride to the grocery store without a helmet and jacket on. I, I think you got to enjoy it. It's got to be fun. Yep, be fun. Be safe, though, out there. Please be safe. Sure, There's a lot absolutely. of lot of inattentive drivers these days, which is scary Yeah, and bikes. I think it's getting worse and worse. I'm kind of embracing the self-driving cars because there are so many people. I, you sit in an intersection, you look around, and half the people are on their phones, so they're not really not paying attention. It's frightening, frightening. How about a personal habit? Is there one that you have that you think has contributed to your success over the years? Yeah, get up and make your bed every morning. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. And it's a, you know, I mean, yeah. if you can accomplish that and set that straight, then you can go and tackle the next job. But you've got that clear. It's out of your mind. You just start knocking down those little pieces all day long. Yeah, it goes back to that one little piece at a time. You know, there's a reason mom used to say, make your bed, make Absolutely. your bed, make your better. Yep. Yep. She, had, she had an ulterior motive, which is work. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? This could be a website, a supplier, an app you use, a blog you read a lot, even a person. Honestly, I still love paper books. I don't retain 
information reading it online like I do paper books. Ah, okay. So I still I'll still go back to uh, all the the good uh, technical writers. Yeah. yeah. Is there a book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I think anything by Kevin Cameron. Okay. You know, this, cool. Yeah, his Top Dead Center series. That one uh, hardback book, which is out of print and hard to find on the modern motorcycle race engine. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Is one of the greatest. I, I'll bet I've read it ten times and Very still cool. learn every single time. Yeah. He's such a great writer. I mean, along the lines of you know Gordon Jennings and Smokey Eunuch and all those gearheads that were able to disseminate their ideas and thoughts into words that a dummy like me could understand. I just (laughs) admire that. I really do. Well, speaking of people, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry or motorcycle industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I'm going to throw in Kevin Cameron again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I could, if I could chat with him, I think I'd be too intimidated to ever really have much of a conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I think that'd be pretty darn fun. Well, I'll remind our listeners: you can find all these great references Marcus shared on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Mark Atkinson, and that page will pop right up. All right, Mark, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car or motorcycle. In the world, but there's a couple rules to this game. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to ride it or drive it. No garage queens allowed here, but I don't think that's a problem for you. But here's the kicker. It's the only one collector vehicle you can have in your garage. So choose wisely. Boy, that is too hard for me. That's like <laughs> saying what's your favorite color. I, mean, I know. I, I, I like know. them all. Well, I always like to say to people, okay, if you just had to pick today, tomorrow you could pick something else. but just for today, let's narrow this down. Would it be a car or a bike? I think a bike. Yeah, yeah I kind of thought so. Okay, so let's narrow it down to a mark. How about a crocker? A crocker? Yeah. Okay, now there's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. Explain to our listeners about a crocker. It's, it was one of the American m- motorcycle manufacturers that you know went out of business, I think, in the 50s. But they yeah. built bikes from, I think, about the teens up until the 50s. Yeah. You know, and they become insanely expensive and collectible now. But, you know, a, a V-twin, just uh, they, they were just they're very high end and very expensive during their time. And so they didn't sell a lot of them, but really a, a neat motorcycle. You know, that bike to me, it's kind of like a, if I describe this right, it's kind of like a, a wild Indian motorcycle cafe racer. Am I describing that right? I mean, they, they no, just... I mean, no, if, I think if you looked at any Harley of that era, you would think, oh, okay. that, that could probably pass for the yeah, same Yeah, it's okay. It's I, I used the wrong, styling and the wrong term there with Cafe Racer, but I, those bikes, when I when I think of them, they had the, the cool little seat and they were right, kind of Right, right. I would out. say yeah. Bobber. Bobber would be Bobber. better. There's yeah, the term yeah, I needed to yeah. find. Okay, yep. well, thanks then, for that clarifying. Would be, that would be close, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, cool. Well, I'll get to work and find you one of those. I'm sure there's a few cool. of them out there that you would love <laughs> to ride. Mark, you've taken us on a great ride today. Really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for uh, jumping online with me here today at Cars Yeah and sharing your journey. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you ride off into the sunset on your very own Crocker? You know, I read a quote the other day. And I think I can't even remember where I read it, but I, I thought it was really great. And it's, it says, the first step in solving any problem is to dramatically underestimate its difficulty. <laughs> yes. 
And I think it's perfect. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We'd never too. attempt anything if we ever had any idea how. Oh, tough when you when you were. think about what they did in the '60s when they decided to fly to the moon and oh, land a yeah, man on it, yeah. I mean, they would have never even. They would have said, "No, forget it. Yep. We're yeah. done." But you know, it's the Get same up. for some of the amazing builds, the the Golden Gate Bridge or Hoover Dam or any of these things. I mean, if they had any clue how hard it was going to be. They would never do it. I love that. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about you and your company? Well, I have an Instagram account. It's Maker Shaker, M-A-K-E-R. I think there's an E missing. It's M-A-K-R-S-H-A-K-E-R, I believe. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I'll make sure I put the correct link on your show notes page. And of course, speedofcheeseracing.com. And Speed of Cheese, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have an E. It's just M-A-K-R. Yeah, I did my homework um, then, on you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, Speed of Cheese Racing, although I don't po- post a lot of stuff, I ought to post a lot more here here lately. Um, and then I try to keep my website somewhat up to date, but I seem to, it's it's tough to, to do. And I have a Facebook account, but I hardly ever post anything there. So All right. Well, we'll make sure that uh, I put some links to those so you can follow along. I encourage you to go to the website and look at some of these bikes we've talked about that Mark's built. Pretty darn cool. He's definitely discovered the secret sauce to life. That is for sure. Mark, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!